Ichiro brought the tears and the Mariners brought plenty of cheers this weekend. Let's talk about it here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Locked On Mariners podcast. It is Monday, August 29th, 2022, and thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms with new episodes dropping every Monday through Friday. I am your host, Tidey Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com for FanNation over on the Sports Illustrated Network. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez's D. A and E G N Z L Z and Colby at CPAT 11. That's CPAT 11. Be sure to also check out our Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We post two additional podcasts on there every single week. Again, that is patreon.com forward slash control the zone. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, and give this video a thumbs up. We greatly appreciate it on the show today we'll dive into what we learned from the mariners series victory over the guardians and just our overall thoughts from the series Ichiro's speech and colby's experience at Ichiro weekend at t-mobile park this past weekend and now that we have final details on julio rodriguez's contract extension we'll dive into those and tell you what it all means and how it all works out for the mariners and one mr julio rodriguez but first Let's get into this series. This past weekend, the Mariners take three of four from the Guardians, and if not from, you know, for some atrocious umpiring by home plate umpire Lance Barrett and some missed opportunities here and there by the Mariners' offense, the Mariners probably sweep the Guardians this weekend. It was a very impressive series by the Mariners and what they were able to do in a playoff atmosphere for most of these games And Colby, I'm just going to start out by asking you what's on every single one of our listeners' minds right now and what's on my mind right now. You know, some of us, some of our listeners knew that you were at the game yesterday and Mm -hmm. I got a couple messages about what your thoughts were and what was going through your head when Dylan Moore hit a three-run home run in front of you to put the Mariners up 3-0 over the Guardians yesterday off of Aaron Savali, a right-handed pitcher who had been shutting down the Mariners all afternoon long. What was going through your head when that happened? Uh, you know, broken clock and whatnot. Um, no, I was I was cheering because I'm not, you know, I'm not soulless. I want the Mariners to do well, and if Dylan Moore does well, then the Mariners do well. I don't care about any of that nonsense. Was I quite as happy as when Jake Lamb hit one the night before? No, but I was still happy. It's, you know, it's baseball. It's Dylan Moore. Um, I don't have anything against the guy. I just hate his swing with a passion. Um, so, yeah, you know, Savali threw him a cookie. He didn't miss it. And uh, the Mariners won three, or they win basically on that swing, uh, as as weird as it sounds. I uh, didn't know it at the time, but, you know, because Robbie Ray was so dominant, the bullpen was so dominant, that was all that the Mariners needed. Uh, they did get one more uh, later. Um, but, yeah, it was it was nice. You know, uh, Dylan Moore has had stretches even this year where he's been a solid player, uh, particularly through the suspensions. So, um, yeah, again, I don't need to see Dylan Moore against righties. Uh, I got that question a few times last night, too. Should they platoon J.P. Crawford and Dylan Moore now? The answer is no. But 
should, you know, is it fine if Dylan Moore plays more than once a week? Yeah, that's fine. So, um, you know, I was happy when he hit it. Uh, I don't, I don't care. You guys know I'm a longtime Dylan Moore fan. Uh, go check the tapes from 2020, the winter of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I never wavered. So I was, I was quite happy with Dylan Moore. Long time Dylan Moore stan Colby Patnode. As we all go check the tapes as, in 2020. Mm-hmm. As we're That's all aware. Yes. No, no, it's true. It's mm-hmm. true. When everyone was clamoring for Colton Wong, you were saying, why not just give Dylan Moore a chance at second base? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Told you they, so. They, they shouldn't have listened to you, unfortunately. Uh, so aside from Dylan Moore, I thought this was a very good series for the Mariners. Uh, obviously, the pitching was incredible last two days in particular uh, with Luis Castillo and the Robbie Ray. Luis Castillo had a called strike plus whiff percentage of 36% in his start. He struck out 10 in his start. Unfortunately, he had the pitch count run up on him, so he was not able to finish that game, and then we know how that game unfortunately ended. But still, that should not discredit anything that Luis Castillo did on Saturday night. He was dominant. He shoved. Robbie Ray shoved. Yesterday, too. He was awesome to watch. Um, even Marco Gonzalez had a really, really good start in the series. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a little bit, I believe, on our last episode. So a lot of good stuff uh, coming from the Mariners in this one. And I feel like, you know, this series kind of served as a reminder and also a little bit of a learning experience for Mariners for the Mariners and the Mar- and Mariners fans and kind of what this team is and look we know how you know this roster is constructed we know what their strengths we know what their weaknesses are we know that we know how they are going to win ball games and how they are going to ultimately lose ball games but i think that it kind of reminded us that you know after a disappointing stretch they lose you know 3 of 5 to the to the A's and the Nationals and it's just you know vibes are kind of down and now a really good team is coming to your ballpark and we all know about Hall of Fame induction weekends at T-Mobile Park and how they typically don't go well for the Mariners right and uh, of course Ichiro induction night did not go well for the Mariners in true true Mariners fashion uh they are now 4 and 5 on Hall of Fame induction nights just for the uh, record there but you know it just kind of felt like this was getting set up for disappointment, but I think the Mariners reminded us that this team just never gets too low, no matter what happens. And I mean, you know, we should know we should have, you know, uh, already gone through this process when they were 10 games under 500 and then, you know, made this incredible comeback to get back into the playoff conversation and even get to the top of the wild card conversation. But, you know, we've kind of been you know, a few months removed from that now. And so maybe, you know, you forget, maybe, you know, once things start to get bad again, because they haven't been super bad for, for a while, you, you panic a little bit, but I think this series was a good reminder to keep us grounded, to remind us to, you know, reel it in a little bit here. This team just does not get too down on itself. The other thing too, there's been a lot of questions about how this team would perform in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This was a postseason series. Whether it happened in the regular season or not, this was a postseason series. And they showed you that when the time comes, the pitching is going to be able to step up. And yeah, they're not going to be able to generate a ton of offense against good pitching staff. So they're just not. They're not capable of doing that. Um, you know, hopefully you see a little bit of a better product come October when, you know, not the whole team is basically slumping all at once, like Julio and Ty France and et cetera. But like 
you're obviously not going to be able to count on a ton of runs coming from this team, but the one thing that you are going to be able to count on is the starting pitching, especially your top dogs with Robbie Ray and Luis Castillo to be able to step up in the moment, and then this bullpen to be able to shut the door. This team is very much capable. I, I'm confident now after watching this series, after watching the series that they had against New York, both in Seattle and New York, that they are capable of winning playoff games and actually winning playoff series. They have the tools in place. Obviously, you know, execution is going to be a big part of that in the moment, but there's a formula here to winning playoff games and to be able to advance through the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I feel that's what we learned from this series. What's your take on it? <sighs> yeah. Um, first of all, you know, I, I think we can all accept they're a good team. Uh, I think we can also all accept they're, they're not a, a great team. They're not an elite team. There, there's only two or three of those teams anyways. Um, the offense is in a, in a really bad spot right now. Um, and you know, I, you're putting so much pressure on your defense or on your defense and your pitching to basically be perfect. And when you have this offense that is so reliant on hitting a home run, um, you know, Jerry to himself went on the radio and said, you know, our offense right now is basically, you know, draw a walk and hope the next guy hits a home run. That's not a, a sustainable, you know, goal towards success it's it just you can't have that so um and yet there, there's not a lot of like hope uh that you know julio's close or that uh cal raleigh's close or that jp's gonna magically you know get better like they're frazier's slumping right now like there's just not a ton of hope right now in those bats when you watch those at bats um hopefully ty francis sunday is the start of a turnaround uh but we'll see you know you kind of have to do it a couple days in a row before anybody starts to buy it so uh, I, I think the pitching, you know, is, is good enough. Uh, I, I think if the mayor, I, I thought about this yesterday at the game, if the Mariners, if you like, you could push a button and the Mariners scored four runs every single game for 162 games, they're probably winning a hundred games. Uh, that's how good the pitching is. So, um, you just have to buy the pitching a little bit of a margin of error, just a tiny bit, uh, you know, give the ball to the bullpen with a three run lead every once in a while. How about we do that once in a while? So uh, it's just one of those things, you know, Munoz is, is been, you know, they've ridden him pretty hard over the last uh, month or so. Uh, so the one thing he hasn't proven that he's, he can do consistently is the three games in four days thing. Um, it tends to be where he struggles. You can go back to back just fine. Uh, two out of three, just fine. It's just the three games, three days and four, uh, three games in four days. Now, fortunately, you know, they didn't need to use him on Sunday. Uh, he'll have Monday off. Uh, and so you'll get the back-to-back -back days off, which should help. We'll see. It'd be I, I bet the Mariners would sure like to stay away from him on Tuesday as well because he's an incredibly important part of this team. But, yes, they're going to have to pitch, and they're going to have to find a way to to score some runs uh, that don't come via the long ball because you're not going to hit a ton of home runs in the postseason. Your team's not even built to hit a ton of home runs, period. Mm. You have, like, three guys who are legitimate 30 home run bats and everybody else is 20 ish max yeah. it's just not a good sustainable uh offense so uh but the pitching can can take you pretty deep in the postseason and and you know it's pretty much taken the mariners all the way to the wild card one um where i think right now they're a half game out uh behind tampa yep. so yep. yep they they can they can win like this uh it's just your margin of error is basically zero and that's uh that's a stressful place to be yeah and i don't think that you know 
this is what the offense is going to be the rest of the way because, I mean, everyone is just extremely struggling outside of a couple guys like Mitch Haniger, right? Like everyone in this lineup right now is kind of going through a little bit of a slump. Obviously, Ty France is the big one. Julio's struggling, struggling still. Uh, mm-hmm. He hasn't, you know, been great since coming back from his injury. Uh, Eugenio Suarez kind of fell, you know, into the tank a little bit over the over the last few days. Um, you know, and then you know the rest of the lineup. It's just kind of, uh, you know, who who's going to show up? Basically, who's going to step up? Um, and sometimes it's no one. You know, because right now just so many guys are going through it. Cal Raleigh's another guy who's just going through it right now. Uh, so I, you know, I don't suspect that that's going to continue for the rest of the season where just everyone is slumping all at once. Uh, but they're going to need to get a couple of guys, you know, hot at every, you know, single moment that they can for the rest of the way here uh, so they can avoid, you know, these big cumulative slumps that we're you know seeing right now so hopefully you know this is kind of a a sign here like ty france having a a good day on sunday kind of getting the monkey off his back there with the single and and the left and then home rain on his next at bat you know hopefully we see julio start to you know now that he's getting further removed from his wrist thing that he starts swinging the bat a little bit better um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, Suarez, who's been really good for the most part over the last couple of weeks, hopefully he, you know, gets back, uh, on the horse here, uh, after, you know, not a great series against Cleveland, you know, hopefully, you know, Cal Raleigh starts to do what he was doing, um, you know, before the last couple of weeks, you know, so, and I think that that's going to happen, right? Naturally, that's just going to happen because there's just, you know, ups and downs naturally of, uh, of baseball. But, you know, when every player is just kind of hitting their downs all at once, it, it really, really hurts you. So, but hey, you know, there's also the possibility on, on the flip side of that, you know, vice versa that maybe everyone plays to their 100th percentile at some point this season. And I mean, that would be huge if that could happen in October. Or towards the uh, towards the end of September there. That would be nice. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but I think this was a really good series uh, for the Mariners. Really good litmus test for them. And uh, I'm really intrigued to see how these two teams play each other again. That's going to be happening right after this Detroit series in Cleveland, which would be the site for a wildcard matchup between these two teams if that were to happen. Obviously, Mariners would have to be the wildcard three. It's still a possibility. But they did get some help from the uh, Angels of all teams this past weekend who destroyed the Blue Jays, like just absolutely dragged them this weekend in Toronto. So that helps the Mariners. Uh, They're chasing the the Rays, as you you said, by half a game. Uh, But uh, they can certainly make that up pretty quick here. And, you know, the standings are still going to fluctuate quite a bit anyway. Let's get into uh, to Ichiro and Ichiro Weekend, the speech, the experience, all of it in just a moment. But real quick, a message from the NHTSA. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You're no, you not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every single day. Greatly appreciate your support. 
believe we are closing in on 3,200 subscribers on YouTube if we're not there already. Uh, mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Let's get to 4K. Would love to get to 4K by the end of the season, at least. That would be cool. Help us get there. Tell your friends, tell any Mariner fan you know, even if you hate them, if you, even if you hate their guts. Maybe, you know, because you hate them, you want them mm -hmm. to, you know, listen to Colby talk for five minutes. Ty, just tell the people what they want to hear. If we get to 4K by the end of the year, Ty will give you his Ichiro bobblehead. Done. Boom. So I got very lucky. My wife's coworker, totally unrelated, not a Mariners fan at all. I don't know why he, he and his partner felt compelled to go to a Seattle Mariners game or felt compelled to go to Seattle in general, but apparently they were there this past weekend, went to yesterday's game, and... Got a bobblehead somehow because, like, you had told me off air, the lines were long. So, again, this is not a Mariners fan <laughs> or anything like that, but I guess they waited in line, got the bobblehead, and they're giving it to me. So I'm getting an Ichiro bobblehead. That's awesome. And they can soon be yours if you just hit that subscribe button. Or Colby will give you the Ichiro bobblehead that he was given to or given yes. by one of our listeners. Yes, uh, entered the stadium yesterday, uh, was hanging out with some buddies. Uh, a couple of us decided to stay one more day. It was fantasy draft weekend for us, so we all got a house in the federal way. Um, did the draft on Saturday, went to Saturday night's game. Uh, four of us decided to go to Sunday's game or had decided to go to Sunday's game. Um, walked through the gates of the pen, uh, and I ran into a, a nice fellow named Victor who uh, recognized me. Uh, didn't mention you at all, so that's, you know, kind of tells us all we need to know um <laughs> what the heck man <laughs> uh i think maybe he might have referred to you as that gonzalez guy but uh that's fine um uh, the gonzalez no, but, guy yeah, yeah. yeah so i ran into victor uh you know uh had a, had a nice you know short little chat with him uh he asked me if i wanted one of the extra bobbleheads that he picked up and uh i said sure and he was kind enough to give it to me uh i also briefly met his uh his wife um, and then, uh, once again, I, uh, I ran into somebody in the, uh, in the team store who, uh, who had recognized me. Um, unfortunately I didn't catch his name. So if that was you, you know, it was nice to meet you. Uh, let us know. We'll give you a shout out on the next podcast. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. It's first time that's ever happened to me. Um, so it was, it was nice to know that, you know, there are people out there listening to the podcast and going to the games and all that stuff. And, uh, I just, you know, happened to run into a couple of them. So that was cool. That was cool. Um, again, thanks Victor. I really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, thank you, Victor, first of all, for, for listening to the show, uh, even mm -hmm. though you didn't mention me or give me a bobblehead, even though, you know, I wasn't there or anything. But you could have given it to, to Colby. He could have mailed it to me. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just putting To be it fair there. to Victor, I don't even know your address. So you want to share that and that's, on the show? That's for a reason. Right and that's that's yeah. for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, feel free to put it down in the comments if, if maybe maybe Victor will send you something. I don't know. But uh, I'm I'm, no. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Might not. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> all right. So let's let's switch gears here. Let's get serious here. Let's talk about Ichiro weekend. Mm -hmm. um, I had kind of a busy day on Saturday. Got in like, I don't know, 30 minutes before the game started. And just I don't know. I had like a lot going on and I just kind of forgot like all of this stuff was happening Saturday night. So I turn on the TV. Ichiro is about to go up for his speech and, and instantly just. In a moment, I'm just flooded with all these memories, how much I loved Ichiro, uh, and just hearing him speak. 
that speech was incredible. He did it all in mm-hmm. English. Um, it destroyed me. I'm just gonna be real with you. <laughs> I I I started bawling like a little baby, and I I can't imagine that there were too many dry faces in T-Mobile Park uh, that night when when Ichiro started to speak. What was that like in in the building? What what was that mm. experience like to hear him speak? To be there in his presence, basically. In his presence, um, yeah. First of all, great speech. Uh, lots of lots of humor. Lots of funny jokes, actually. Um, you know, so it, the Mariners always knock these ceremonies out of the park. They're always very good. Um, I'm not sure if John Stanton thought the ceremony was about him because he gave like a 15 minute speech that was awful quite frankly, um, very self-serving. Um, like nobody's there to see you, John, get off the stage, mute the mic, like get him off this, play the music, get him off the stage. Um, but each speech was awesome. Uh, Rick Riz, great MC, by the way, it's time we put Rick Riz in the Mariners hall of fame. What are we waiting for? Um, so yeah, yeah it was, seriously, it was, what, what the it, heck is it doesn't that? make Rick any Riz sense. has been around for like, so he 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 started out, I believe, in the early eighties. Then and then left for Detroit for a little bit. Came back, and he's been in Seattle, I think, for the last thirty years since he came back I think, from Detroit. I think it's been like since like eighty five, eighty six, something like that. Like it's been a long yeah. time. So, uh, yeah, it's Riz should absolutely be in. But yeah, Ichiro knocked it out of the park again. The Mariners do a great job with with you know the Hall of Fame weekend thing. It's the thing they're best at. Honestly, is on the field production value. Um. So yeah, it, it was it was great. It was funny. Um, I gotta say, man, John Stan sucks sucks some energy out of the ballpark. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna lie. It was like people were just like sitting there, like, dude, <laughs> come on, let's go. Uh, but you know, Ichiro's speech it was emotional. It was uh, it was funny. Uh, it was uh, impressively delivered by somebody who in entirely in English, uh, which is obviously not his his first language. Um, and it was just, it was really moving. And it was, uh, I, I, I think it was probably, uh, what's the word? It, I think Ichiro made so many jokes in an attempt to, uh, I don't know how comfortable Ichiro is with attention, like being the focus of int- attention. I know he spent most of his career doing it doesn't mean you're necessarily good at it. And not that Ichiro's not good with the camera and all that stuff, but it felt like there was a lot of deflection in Ichiro. Like, like, you know, like, thank you for honoring me, but like, look over here. Like, let's talk about something else real fast. Uh, and the jokes just played so well. And, and it was, it was quintessential Ichiro, to be honest with you. It felt so genuine yeah. and so real. Um, and honestly, it's, it's what we all should have expected. The only thing Ichiro did that is like surprising to me they didn't come out in a Mariners uniform. I thought for sure that he was going to come out. Yeah, I full batting sure gloves. Too. I was very surprised. Sunglasses yeah. on the hat, wristband, like all of it. Um, and he came out in a suit, and it, it looked great. I mean, he sure yeah. looks great. Surprise, surprise. Um, but no, it was it was awesome. It was a very good speech. Um, it was very moving. Uh, again, the Mariners just they just crushed that stuff. And then the video messages yeah. from from you know current players, ex teammates, all that stuff. They're very good. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of a warm up act, honestly, for Ichiro because we all know he's going to Cooperstown. Uh, and so it it was, it was awesome to, to kind of see. And, and I don't, I don't know. I I don't know how, like, obviously there's plenty of, of waterworks in the, in the ballpark, but like, because Ichiro never really went away, 
You know what I mean? Like he's always just constantly sure. at the ballpark. I wonder maybe there was a little bit like, okay, Ichiro, we'll see you tomorrow. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it just it wasn't a goodbye by any means. No, no, no. Like, it, whereas with some of these, yeah, it does feel like a goodbye. It feels like a final celebration. Right, like, this might, is yeah, just exactly. like he's like, gonna be at Griff- the ballpark tomorrow. <laughs> like, sure, like like Griffey felt like like a final goodbye. Like, thank you. Yeah, we'll see you every once in a while. But it it you know like it's not like it's not like it like relationship over type of thing. But it's definitely like you know, you're going to go do your own thing and, and we appreciate it. We just wanted to say thank you. And it, it felt like that. And then we'll see you when we see you basically with each it's just like almost like you threw your best friend a retirement party and you're like, all right, we'll see you on the lake tomorrow morning. Like it's, you know, it's just, and that speaks to each Cause again, like the best thing about each is just that he can be anywhere in the world doing anything he wants. He was back on the field on Sunday in full uniform, helping the Mariners outfielders. Uh, you know, it just, it's one of those things that just, He's shagging fly ball. He could be doing anything in the world. Yeah. yeah. And I, I on loved, Sunday, he's wearing his Mariners speech. uniform, shagging fly balls. Oh, the speech was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the speech. I love, um, you know, when he talked about this current team. Uh, and I love, you know, when he was talking about Lou giving him a kiss, <laughs> all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. He's like, and then, you know, we have 116 games. That's a lot of kisses. <laughs> I, uh, I just, I love that. Uh, I, I love, I, I, I don't know. I just, so many memories um and emotions just came back to me in that moment hearing him speak uh just thinking about the time that has passed i mean mm-hmm. and, and thinking about you know really you know you go back to his very first year that was the last time the mariners went to the postseason and that kind of really puts it into perspective for you because now you see you know each he's got gray hair he's a little bit older looking now i mean he's still you know he looks great like don't get me mm-hmm. wrong like each looks amazing uh but you know it's just like you see kind of the age and, and how time has passed and it just it puts and considering where this current team is and I love that he did find a way to tie this current team into his speech because I think that you know that really kind of puts everything into perspective here just from you know from for the Mariners as an organization really and um, I just I love that I, I love how beautifully put together his speech was uh, how it was all handled I didn't see the John Stanton stuff but I mean I I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, lucky me. Lucky, uh, but you. yeah, that was uh, that was great. It was great mm-hmm. to see Ichiro. It was great to uh, to to honor him, put him in the Mariners Hall of Fame where he belongs. And I'm sure there's going to be an even better speech coming when he uh, enters Cooperstown. So looking forward to that. All right, let's switch gears here. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Julio, who uh, also was the uh, center of attention this uh, weekend. A um, little weird that they announced this especially during the game on what was it saturday or friday it's friday night uh yeah it was friday night friday night they announced it during the game it was i don't know just the whole timing of it was a little weird especially with each row weekend going on um mm, but kind of made sense though yeah i mean like in a little way you know yeah it kind of feels like you know a passing of the torch the as pat, well yep. right the yeah symbolic so, passing of the torch yep yeah, so that's also like so. There's some good with that as well, but also just the, I, it was mostly announcing it during the game. That was a little weird for me. It was just kind of random, but I guess they were doing it so they could announce it before his at bat and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, just yeah, I thought that was a little strange. Anyway, we now have the full details because when we last talked about this on Friday's episode, you know, we were just kind of going off of the pass and report and what Jesse Sanchez had said and and all those guys, and it was just kind of like. 
little pieces here and there, little nuggets here and there, nothing official. Now we have the official details on the contract. So the contract itself right now is just eight years, $120 million. Uh, and that is for this year, and that ends in 2029. After that, though, the Mariners have a club option for either eight or 10 years. And based on what Julio does over the first eight years of the contract, if he you know places an MVP val- balloting, et cetera, he could earn anywhere from $200 million to $350 million on that team option. Now, if the team declines that option, he would then have a five-year, $90 million player option, which the only way he's taking that is if he goes down the tank, and the only way that the Mariners mm. are declining the, the team option is if he completely goes down the tank. I don't think any of us expect that. No. So, eight to 10-year team option, or an eight or 10-year team option. So either the Mariners get Julio for 16 years or 18 years. Basically, the Mariners own Julio Rodriguez's rights for the entirety of his career. Yep. Because at 18 years, he's 39 years old. He might play a couple more years after that. We don't know how, how his career is going to go, obviously. But the Mariners, mm-hmm. more or less, it's pretty much safe to say the Mariners have Julio for his entire career if they want him. It also comes with a full no-trade clause. So he's here. Right. Um, yeah, the minimum for Julio is eight and one twenty, I believe is, is the, uh, the minimum. Yes. Um, and if he, you know, knock on wood has a, a, a Kyle Lewis, like, you know, issue pop up or whatever, uh, then he himself is pretty much 13 years, 210 million is, is what he can lock in. Um, so that's the minimum from Julio's side. Uh, the maximum is, I think, like you said, 17 years and $469 million, I think is what it comes out to. If everything uh, if everything hits, uh, that includes mm-hmm. a full no-trade clause. I've never seen a contract like it. Um, it's 17 incredibly... years after 2022, by the way. So technically 18 yeah, yeah, yeah. years if you want to include he gets season. He gets a $15 million bonus for this year that the Mariners have to, have to pay by the end of uh, October. Um, but yeah, I think his base salary next year is only $4 million. So it, it's going to be, you know, staggered, um, as you would do, uh, with bit just about any contract, it's backloaded a little bit, but overall the, if Julio maxes out everything, the AAV over this entire contract, about $35 million total, um, which for a superstar player is chump change. Well, think uh, about it. I mean, there's going to be inflation, obviously, mm-hmm. you know? Well, superstar players right now natural. get $35 million. Yeah. So like and, team payrolls are going to rise. Mm-hmm. Like by the time that we get towards the back half of this contract and he's making $35 million, it's going to be a steal. He's like after around year seven, eight, like when he's getting towards the end of the, like the guaranteed part of his contract. Uh, Julio, even if he is, if Julio is what he is right now for the next eight years, first of all, that's an all-star. Uh, and he's well worth $35 million. If he takes the steps we believe he will take over the next eight years, he's going to be a $60 million a year player, like value-wise, and you're going to have him for, for less than 35 even uh, because the big money contract, big money doesn't kick in until after year eight or nine, like the the big, big money. So uh, it's a it's a great deal for the Mariners. Apparently the, the MVP incentives were Julio's idea um, to uh, kind of, uh, you know, he liked that he was chasing that or something. Uh, Jerry said in his presser. So 
uh, yes, it's it's a team-friendly deal as it usually is when a player with less than one or two years of service time signs uh, a contract extension. It almost always is player uh, team-friendly. Um, and Julio's going to be here essentially for his entire career. I, I, I think passing right. It feels like the most likely scenario um, for where this contract ends up is probably you have the eight years and then the Mariners probably pick up that eight-year option. It might have to be 10, depending on, on the MVP, but it seems like most likely mm-hmm. is it's going to be 16 years at a minimum. Most likely it'll be 16 years, 357 million, I think is what it is. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that takes him well past his, his prime and into his age 33 season. So uh, it's a great deal for the Mariners, and, and you hope he maxes it out because if he does, Mariners are probably going to win a World Series or two. So uh, mm-hmm. worth every penny. Yeah. Julio is, uh, I mean, the ceiling is just, I mean, it doesn't even exist. It's my Trout. Like, that's like, like, he's just, he's a once in a lifetime player. We said this on Friday, and he chose to be in Seattle. And with this deal, he chose to be in Seattle for his entire career because he knows. Essentially forever. He knows. Like, he knows mm-hmm. that if he, he maxes out, he's staying in Seattle. The team's picking up that option. He's He knows. Like, he right. chose to stay in Seattle for the entirety of his career with this decision. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Or yeah, at the very least, you know, the vast the prime of his, of his career. career. Yeah, yeah. The, the the best the best years of his career will be played in Seattle. Yep, and that's, that's pretty neat. That's special. That's that's pretty that's neat. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm still yeah. smiling about it. Yep, it's good yep. stuff. Yep. Very uh, very happy with how that went down. Very happy with how Etro weekend went down, and very happy with how this series went down. So smiles all around. It was a good weekend for the Mariners. It was a really good weekend for the Mariners. And hopefully they just keep that going. Uh, we got 34 games left. They won their 70th, 70th game yesterday. And Colby, your magic number for them is 88. So they would have to go 18 and 16 over their next 34 games in order to make the postseason in your mind. And that sounds more than doable. Essentially, you have to win one more game than you lose with the easiest schedule yeah. in baseball. I think if you can't do that, we can fairly call it a collapse, but uh, I'm liking where they're at. Uh, yeah. You know, I know Mariners fans can't believe it, even when it's, you know, 95 times out of 100. There's that number people love. Um, it's it's going to, uh, I think it's going to happen this year, guys. Again, we'll still track it. You still want to play well. Uh, and 88 shouldn't just be just like, oh, well, let's get to 88. Yeah, you know, let's get to 92. Why not? Like, let's push it. But yeah. uh, the Mariners are in great position still. Uh, they're a frustrating team at times, but they're almost certainly going to be a playoff team. And uh, that is something we have not been able to say for 20 years. So yeah. enjoy the ride. Uh, we're coming towards the end of it. Again, it's a sprint right now. There's no more marathons. We're sprinting towards the finish line. Uh, and hopefully the Mariners can continue to kind of play well, build some momentum, and maybe make you know the last few weeks of September more or less trivial. Like I don't think you'll have officially clinched yeah. anything, but you know, you kind of get to that point. You'll kind of know where it's heading. Okay. Like, yeah, I don't know exactly when we're going to clinch, but yeah. So yeah. Yeah. At some point. So we'll see, but uh, the only way you can get there, you got to play well. And, and it would really help if you could win this series in Detroit, uh, keep some momentum going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe, (laughs) you know, yeah. Maybe don't lose to the worst offense in baseball. (laughs) The only offense in baseball that's less consistent than you are. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know, a nice four and two road uh, road trip would do wonders. Uh, get you back home uh, for the last little difficult stretch of your schedule. So, mm. 
we'll see how it goes. But uh, off day today, travel day, and uh, it'll be you know up to Kirby, Marco, and uh, and Gilbert. So we'll see how they do. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know this is a frustrating team at times. But as I said in uh, earlier on in the show, those frustrations typically don't last too long with this team. They're able to bounce back from that. So. You know, even if uh, they do let down a little bit here over the next few days, obviously that's not ideal. But I, I just I don't think I think this ter- this team has earned the right for us to you know not act like the sky is falling every time they lose a game, right? Or every time you know even if they lose a series that maybe they should have won on paper. No but comment. No comment. Yes, clearly that was directed at you. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm subtweeting even here on the uh, on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Coward. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow Inside the Mariners at Inside Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.